Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. This is your Wednesday Best Bets NBA Playoffs episode. Four games on the slate. Excited to have you with us. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer. I'm joined by Sean Lill from MSG Network. You can catch him all over the place on the Action Network as well, including Green Dot Daily. You can follow him on Twitter at Chicago Flow. Sean, we have a huge slate. For some reason, the NBA, I think, expected there to be more sweeps, I guess, <laughs> uh, because we have four games on the slate. We have Knicks-Cavs. Cavs are five-and-a-half-point favorites down 3-1. Totals 202-and-a-half. Uh, Lakers-Grizzlies, totals 222. Grizzlies are four-point favorites. Bucks-Heat. The Bucks are 11-point favorites down <laughs> 3-1. Totals 219-and-a-half. And, and Warriors-Kings. Warriors are four-point road favorites. Four-point road favorites versus the Kings. Total 232. We'll go around the table. We'll give our best bets for the Wednesday slate. Everything we talk about today can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. You have the second information where the bets and money are coming in. All sorts of great stuff in there. Catch it, like I said, Green Dot Daily. Sean's on it regularly. I'm on it regularly. Lots of stuff here. All right, Sean, give me your two best bets for the Wednesday slate. Yeah, Matt. Take a, take a gulp. <laughs> Jimmy Butler yeah. under 29 and a half points minus 110 is what I'm seeing it at. And then I'm going to go to Cleveland Cavaliers minus five and a half. I got to go against my Knicks. Okay. This is a hard, this is a very difficult slate for me. Um, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers for the third, fourth now game in a fucking row. I'm going to take the Cavs. Uh, I'm going to take the over in Lakers Memphis 222. Uh, I'm going to take the under in Warriors Kings 232. Uh, I'm staying away from Heat and Bucks. We'll break all these series down and talk about where they're at. Um, let's start. I want to start here with the fact that I was a reminder 
in the past three seasons, the team that has covered has won outright 90% of the time. So if you like a team to win, you should take them to cover. Uh, Unless it's the dog, you should just bet them on the money line. If you like the dog, just bet the money line. Now, another trend I want to set up for us here, specifically on this slate, because I want to take a look at this. I, we have three series here in Lakers, Grizzlies, Knicks, Cavs, Heat, Bucks, where the road team is a dog and up 3-1. It's, it's not common because usually when a team's up 3-1, it's the better team. As a team took two at home, 1-1 one, one on the road, and is going to close it out. So it's not typical that it's a road team up 3-1. This is an outlier year in a lot of ways. The trend since 2003 teams up three, one that are road dogs in game five. This shocked me, John little, like they've proven over four games that they're the better team in this matchup. Seven and 26 straight up 21% for the dogs. ATS 14 and 19 at just 42.4%. That's 57.6% on the home favorite in game five down three to one i was like i was blown away yeah that's tough when i saw that um so the trends here again we talked about this on tuesday's episode the trends here are entirely about like you should use them as a guideline if like you're leaning so here's a good example like i kind of think that a lot of these teams have these teams shook right like Knicks Cavs is a good example of this, right? And I'm going the other way for a number of reasons we'll get into. Um, Lakers Grizzlies, like the like the Grizzlies look downhearted and downtrodden. No question. But the trend says no, they're at home, they're favored. Those teams have, have handled it in this situation. So as a guideline, um, you should kind of uh, stay away from it. It's a little bit different in the two two series with the Warriors and the Kings. Um, so let's start with your, let's go. Let's start with Heat Bucks. Last night, Jimmy Butler explodes for 56 points. An absolutely sensational all-timer performance. He is just made for the playoffs. There is no better. We talk about 82-game players and 16-game players. I honestly don't know that that in the modern era, right? Like, Jor- Jordan was a pretty great 16-game player. But, like, since 2000, I don't know that there's been a better playoff performer relative to regular season than Jimmy Butler. Um, incredible performance. He's been unstoppable in the series, was hurt yesterday, played through it, and dropped 56. He's he's lightened up Drew Holiday, 19 of 34 when guarded by NBA. NBA.com's admittedly wonky tracking data. So, of course, you want the under. Of course, you want the under, Sean. Tell me why you want the under in this Jimmy Butler game. Yeah, Jimmy Butler under 29 and a half points, minus 110. I echo everything you just laid out. That performance from Jimmy and what he continues to do in the playoffs is sensational. I mean, there's also different teams and over the years. He's coming in knowing what he has to do. Everyone knows that he's going to have to score 30 plus, 40 plus. And he does it anyway. And he does it without a lot of tools in his bag offensively it's not like a beautiful game but he just does what he needs to do he competes and that's what jimmy Butler's is about he's about competing but listen hear me out here on under 29 and a half points we just talked about the trend 
of teams going on the road that are up 3-1 to the favorite. In Jimmy Butler's playoff career, when he scored 35-plus points and played the next game, one in six, and they've lost by an average of 11 points per game. He's averaged 22 points in those games. He went over this 29.5-point number that's posted for this game once, and that was game seven last year in the conference finals against the Boston Celtics. He is going to be exhausted. They only have one day off here in between to rest. He, Jimmy Butler, I believe, he can put the out. He he can produce the output to go over this number. I think that he's not going to come out with the urgency that he did in the last game. And just what you said about Drew Holiday getting absolutely torched. Chris Middleton was absolutely getting torched. Everyone was getting killed by Jimmy Butler. That's going to be the number one focus. If Caleb Martin continues to play like he's playing, then I, I believe Milwaukee will just pack it up and I guess come back next year, which sounds crazy. But they're going to force the ball out of Jimmy Butler's hands early and often. And Jimmy Butler is smart about what he does. I I, I don't want to say he's going into Milwaukee knowing it's going to be maybe too tough of a task to get a W. But at, as soon as this game gets a bit out of stretch, I think that's where he he tends to save his energy. For example, if you watch that game, coming in game uh, in the first quarter of that game, of game four, he knew he was going to have to get those guys rolling offensively in the, in the first quarter. He came out and took almost every shot for, for, a, for a majority of that quarter. Then you didn't really see too much from him from the second quarter. He kind of hung out in the third quarter as well and saved it all for this massive outburst in the fourth. I don't see Jimmy Butler coming out and trying to put up 35-40 in this spot. I'll take under. I'll go with the trend that you laid out and historically what he's done in his playoff career. I'll go under 29.5 points for Jimmy Butler. Do you think the Bucs win this game? Absolutely. Uh, I don't see how they don't. I, I almost it's, – it's interesting that similarly to – <laughs> when the when the when the underdog steals one on the on on the other squad's uh home court it's like job's done they are the the amount of i don't want to say the job's done because they need to get one more win to obviously win the series but they're focused on game six in miami and trying to close it out there the 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 the, the mountain is too tall to go <laughs> and win that game in milwaukee in my in my estimation I thought that about game four. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's true. They're home. They were home. I get it. Um, you know, we talked a lot about like we were assuming a Bucks win last night. And a reason that I won't take the Bucks here, and one, it's a it's a that's a big spread. That's a lot of points to lay versus a team that's up three one. Yeah. The other reason that I, I will lay off is I think I reported back in December that there was like some burblings around the league that the the vibe wasn't great in Milwaukee. Um, Giannis yeah. was acting real frustrated, just in general was really frustrated. The offense was bad. Um, we were like, I was very big on the Bucks in preseason in terms of like taking them to win the title. I didn't really like them and didn't honestly like them that much even when they started winning. Like I wasn't very high on them relative to other teams. Bud came out in game before uh, game, after game three. And said that basically the medical staff that like Giannis wanted to play, he he's a competitor, he always wants to be out there. But the medical staff looked at it and they were just like, This is what's best for us long term. 
a lot of like the reading between the tea leaves is that essentially the Bucks held him out and were like, we could beat these guys without him. Yeah. Kind of like a disrespectful. Yeah. When we, we were talking about that coming in, we was like, yeah, there's just no way Giannis isn't going to go. He almost came back in game one. Why wouldn't he play? And then they held him out. And then he was awesome in game four and they lose anyway. And after the game, he doesn't speak to reporters. Now I'm not doing like the, the Brian Windhorst. Now, why would they do that? <laughs> um, it's fine. Like Giannis was frustrated. Didn't want to talk that night. Was getting treatment, whatever. You know, they saw him working on him on the back on the sidelines with a massage gun. I am at a point where that's enough for me not to be like, yeah, I know I feel good about Milwaukee. Like, I am a little cons- I said this early in the season to a Bucks fan that's a friend of mine. I said we always want these runs by these teams, these championship, these great teams. We want them to end in a nice bow. And they don't. Uh the 2000 and and the those Celtics that were so incredible for that stretch, one title but you know pushed they went out with like LeBron basically destroying their own building and then getting beat by the Knicks, right? Um the if we go back to like the Heat in 2014, do they have like a storybook ending of LeBron's time there? No, they get trounced in the finals by the by the Spurs. The Lakers from that early 2000s or the mid 2000s or the 2010 team, right? How do they go out? They get swept by the Mavericks in 2011. That sparks a lot of the changes and that ultimately led to one of the worst stretches in franchise history. Brooke and Chris and Drew are getting up there and they look old. Like they have sacrificed a lot of young assets to try and give veterans around this team. Wes Matthews is hurt and not playable. They traded for Jay Crowder. He's barely playing. They don't have anything in the pipeline. Yeah. Like this Ingles. is a dangerous spot for the Bucks. Yeah. And I've actually on wax laid out. I believe Milwaukee's been resting on their laurels for far too long with Giannis. It's like, Oh, we have Giannis. We'll just fill them out. The the roster with now, like, let's not get it twisted. Pat Connaughton, solid NBA guy. Like Allen has also even stepped it up a notch in this year. I feel like he's played He's better overall throughout the season. Grayson's still playoff food. They don't have any wings. Sure. No, 100%. But, but what I'm getting at is it's kind of like, well, we have Giannis. So, like, these guys yeah. are, 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 are good enough, right? And if we want to rewind, that the window opened for the Bucks to get the title, and they snatched it. There's no doubt about that. The, there was a lot of different scenarios where Budenholzer was going to get fired, and it, it was, it was going to be – that 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 uh that period where the all the positive the flowers are now dead Giannis is like hey you guys aren't doing enough for me to get the roster around me that I need I'm gonna try to get out of here similarly to kind of where we're we're moving towards Luca in Dallas that's kind of where that that's feeling yeah. to me as well so yeah I, I agree I mean they've been the if you look at the if you look at that roster Chris Middleton shows up small in big in big games far far too often to be a 30 plus million dollar guy and be be the two to be with drew holiday so yeah i mean they they look old they're getting old this is a very interesting spot um overall the situation for for the milwaukee bucks you don't want <laughs> i'm i'm in the camp of you do whatever you need to do to make sure Giannis is happy 
all the time. Yep. If he's frustrated, you figure out why he's frustrated and you fix that issue. Yep. <clears throat> there should never be a day where Giannis is, is not feeling good about the direction of the franchise and what's going on and what the next move is. He always <laughs> needs to feel like he's in a good spot. And that's the, that's also the issue, Matt, when players come out and announce their loyalty and how they'll never move. And I want to be here. In my opinion, stuff like that can, can work against them because it's like, well, they don't, it's not always full throttle. I think yeah. that's kind of the situation that's happened in Milwaukee. Yeah. I think it's tough because I, I don't think you want, I, I go the other way where I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want a front office. that feels like it has to panic that leads to, to going into worse moves um, to bring it back to the betting. I'm on the over. Um, one of the reasons is let's take a look at the, the heat shooting here. Uh, last night, the heat became, this is via Cooper Moorhead who works for the heat on the content side. He works for heat.com coop NBA on Twitter. Last night, the heat became the seventh team in postseason history to shoot 40 plus percent on three on at least 25 attempts in four consecutive games. The other six teams finished top 10 in three point percentage in their respective seasons. Miami finished 27th. I was just going to say that <laughs> they didn't do that. That's for sure. Yeah. It's uh, uh wait, I'm going yeah, uh, be a, my guy, Seth Parnow works for the athletic and dunked on Miami is 43 of 82 at 52.4% on contested threes in this series, 52% on contested threes. The league average this season was 33% while 33.5% while the heat shot 33.2. Like, so, and you get like, everyone's going to read this and go like, well, regression's coming. And I'm going the other way. I'm going the over here because one, I think that the Bucks probably look to generate more offense. The over hit for us in game four. I'm going back to the well in game five. Even if, even if the Bucks defense shows up and the Buck and the Heat finally start missing shots, I think the Bucks put up a dominant shooting performance, much like they did in game two. I think we're looking, we're looking good in the series on the overs. Um, I will. I have gone the exact opposite way from where I was a couple of years ago on like, that's not sustainable. You're right. It's not sustainable. So be on the lookout for when it starts to fade and then pounce. Don't try and get ahead of it. Don't expect regression. Be ready for it. But until it hits, if you have reason, like, cause you're, if you're like, well, what reason do you have to think that they're going to continue shooting this way? My answer would be rhythm, the drop coverage and the confidence that they have. The heat have built their entire system to have, crack shooting in key tense situations. This is what they build. Um, Spolster talked about this last night. Like there was a note from the broadcast about this, about post all-star. They started getting the right, right rotations in to get the shooters in the right motions. Are they overperforming? Absolutely. I just don't necessarily know that it's going to fade instantly. And I think the, the Bucks can hit enough shots in game, uh, in game five. If the heat don't for this to go over at a decent total of 219 and a half, I'll take the over here. Yeah, they're hitting tough. They're hitting tough too. They're hitting tough shots. Period. I thought the play of the game was when Caleb Martin got the Jimmy Buck. Jimmy Butler missed a, a wide open three, hit the front of the rim. Caleb Martin runs from the opposite corner, runs across the court, gets the loose ball, gets it back to Jimmy, who gets it back to him, who hits a who Caleb Martin then hits a tough contested long two in Giannis's face and covers his face and kind of does the Jalen Brunson uh, celebration and goes down. They're just hitting tough shots. They're shooting it well. The confidence is just absolutely sky high. So, yeah, I I, I do 
and 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 I believe Milwaukee's going to show up with their hair on fire for sure in in, in this game. So yeah, I, I couldn't talk you off the over. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, give me your cap on why you like the Cleveland Cavaliers to extend the series versus the New York Knicks. Yeah, this is a purely a, a spot cap. Cavs minus five and a half going back home. Now, I've been in the game, every game, at Madison Square Garden. The, the atmosphere has been truly remarkable and it matches the Knicks emotionally because they're an an emotional team now going we know I'm not even going to get into the numbers on we know RJ Barrett's home road splits are different we know what he did in the last two games he absolutely went berserk and in game one he was two of 12 in game two he was four of 13 he followed it up in Madison Square Garden with eight of 12 and nine of 18. So when, when he gets going, we know what he can do going to the basket, going to the basket, knocking down free throws. RJ is the RJ Barrett that the Knicks need not settling for jump shots. Now I'm going to, I'm going to give you a a inside peek of exactly why the Knicks, in my opinion, gave up the lead in the third quarter there the other night, they start the game extremely well. First quarter, they play well. Second quarter, they play extremely well. They go up, they, they go into the half up, almost double digits. They come out in the third quarter. Everyone is out of their seats. The atmosphere is not there. They immediately in two, two and a half minutes, give up like a 13, seven run to come out of half. They're then in a, in a tie game. All the people get back in their seats. There's eight minutes left in the third quarter. Everyone gets settled in. And now the atmosphere is back. And next thing you know, the Knicks are flying around. They're back. They're talking. Josh Hart is running transition. Obi Toppin is knocking down shots. Uh, the They thrive off of the atmosphere and the fans and just an emotional group, emotional head coach, emotional squad overall. Going back to Cleveland, the desperation that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to show, I think is going to shine through. You laid out the trend earlier. Also, Donovan Mitchell taking four shots in the second half is unacceptable. It's not going to happen again. I think he and Garland could put it together. I think this is just a purely a bad spot for the Knicks. Cleveland Cavaliers do what they do similarly to what they did in game two. I don't know if it'll be as dominant, but I believe they covered the five and a half number. I uh, I thought about taking the series off because I was just like, well, I've been wrong. But uh, then I kind of went the other way and I was like, look, I bet I, I bet all these games all throughout the year. Am I going to let a three game sample 
knock me off of it? Like, is it is it a world ender if I'm wrong in game four? If everything that I've capped is wrong? Like, no, it's just right. like a guy wrong. That's on the side of it. Combined with the fact that, like I said, teams in the spot win 80% of the time uh, and have done so well in terms of uh, of handling this situation uh, down 3-1. Like, to me, that's that's like reason 79% uh, straight up, 58% against the spread. This is a line right in line with where the, you know, the average is on those. The, the line was around five. This isn't like Milwaukee where you're laying 11 points, the team down three, one. Um, so for me, do I trust JB Bickerstaff? No. Like at this point I've given up the ghost. You can listen to the episode the other day to, to catch my updates on how I feel about this, yeah. about the matchup for, the Knicks and the, and the Cavs and how JB Bakerstaff has butchered this at the other side. Like I think Russell, I think you're right. RJ Barrett turns back into a pumpkin. Yeah. Um, I think I don't trust, like, I think a lot of this is like, do I trust Bakerstaff to do what he needs to do and play a Coro? No, but like Karis Levert probably plays better. Karis Levert probably hits some shots and that's all the Cavs really need. Hit some yep. shots, grab two more rebounds and they, they're in pretty good shape here. So I'll go ahead and I'll lay the five and a half with the, with the calves. I don't feel confident about it. I don't feel great about it. It makes me sick to my stomach, but I'll go ahead and I'll take the, uh, I'll take the, the calves here. Minus five and a half. Um, let's talk about Lakers Grizzlies real quick. So I'm going to take the over 222 in this game. Um, here's how this runs down. The uh, under is three and one in this series. And you're probably understandably very much like Matt. Did you, did you, did you watch the games in LA? Cause nobody could hit a fucking shot to save their souls. True. The first game went over in Memphis. The second game went under no jaw. John ja Morant at home, home dog. To me, I like this play on the over here at a, a figure that is well below what I would kind of expect. Neither of these half-court offenses are very good. Um, if this number was higher, I would absolutely be in line. But the Grizzlies, historically this season, their identity at home has been they force turnovers, they get downhill, they score. That did not happen to the degree that they needed to in the first two games. But I think that that probably will happen a little bit more. Um, I also kind of wonder, you mentioned Jimmy, right? Kind of feel like this might be a LeBron will ease off the pedal spot here too. Um, he probably wants to close now. LeBron may just be like, I'm 38. I don't have the the energy to go through a game six. We're not doing this. I'm closing the door. But yeah. if that's the case, guess what? He probably goes for 40 and the over hits here too. So I think the pace of the series isn't slow enough to, to really dictate this. Um I don't, again, kind of like with the Cavs, I don't trust Taylor Jenkins to do what he needs to do and play Luke Kennard more. Hasn't proven he's willing to do that. But I do think the jaw gets downhill enough and the Grizzlies home crowd is enough for this to go the over. Um, either the Lakers hit shots, Rui Hachimura hits some threes, Anthony Davis puts it in, or LeBron does his thing. Maybe Russell hits some more shots and they go yeah, over. Austin or the, yeah, Austin Reeves or the Grizzlies get downhill. They make a bunch of plays in transition. And this one goes over. I don't expect another uh, grinded out game. I'll take the over 222. Yeah, LeBron could simply be like, man, fuck these guys. Let's get these guys out of here. And uh, the the attitude that he's been playing with in L.A. is kind of simple. It's, it's kind of been that way. And, and we talked about this previous previously is that the, the game yesterday was exactly how LeBron, especially offensively, wants to impact it. Let me just take the big 
big shots, the big situations and dictate that way. I don't need to score 35, 40, um, especially in that spot. Now, the Lakers have shown us all year that this is a, a very low spot here. The Brooks thing happens. They go back to L.A., they bust their ass back-to-back games. And by bust their ass, I mean they get the W. They go to overtime in game four. But uh, the, the atmosphere in Memphis is on on cue with the, the roller coaster that the Lakers have been up and down and up and down, similarly what they did earlier in the series. I could see, yeah, LeBron and the gang coming off the pedal. And if they do come off the pedal, the, the, the Memphis Grizzlies will score 115, 117 points and then push that over like you mentioned. Yeah, I think it. Uh, if there's one game that I'm I'm most tempted to take the dog on the money line, it's probably the Lakers. Um, Knicks have had the tactical advantages in the series. The Heat have shot the lights out, but the trends kind of suggest it's not going to happen. The one team I think that that might close it out is the Lakers. I don't know if Memphis has. They are downtrodden, and I don't know if they have it in the character for them to respond to the adversity that they need to to get this win. And like that's a very you know ephemeral non you know, numbers-based analysis, but it matters. Like, I'm I sorry. I think it's about if, yeah, if, if the Lakers let them off the hook or not. Yeah, like... Di- when like the Dil- Lakers haven't let them off the hook, they've won. Yeah, like Dylan Dylan and Ja bailing on media is just another example of this, where they're just like, I'm not going to talk to you guys. Everyone just wants is Everyone's all mean to us. You guys talk shit <laughs> constantly for six months. Like, I'm a Grizzlies guy, and I'm telling you, you've talked shit for six months without having done anything. And now it's coming back on you. And yeah, you're injured. I get it. Like Jaws, I don't know how John made some of those plays last night. That behind the back pass that he made in transition was one of the coolest plays I've ever seen. There's a lot of ways they win that game, but they didn't. And instead of like being like, it's fine. We're going to respond. We got a chance at home. We're going to battle back. I trust this group. They bailed. And like, I don't really care about talking to media. It's fine. Like guys lose. Like talking to us doesn't matter. I really don't, don't care. It's the attitude of just being like, Howdy yeah, it's the and leadership like, thing. Yeah. Everyone's mean to me. Like, are you kidding me? You guys have done nothing but talk shit. Back it up or deal with it. Hold some accountability. Good God. Leaving yeah. poor Desmond Bain and Jaron out there to get the, the, the I have the two guys I have faith in in this game are Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain. Those Desmond guys Bain look phenomenal. Um, all right, last one. Warriors Kings. I'm gonna I said that I wanted the over here. I'm gonna back off of that slightly. Um, based off of the fact that the Kings home defense is worse. The Warriors road defense is worse, but the trend in the series overall and a series go longer is towards the under. And I don't have as much of an edge on this from a number of perspective as I, as I thought I did. So I'm going to back off and, and take off, um, the over 232 here from the best bet slate. Uh, interesting thing here. So the Kings are home dogs, deer and Fox, a lot of optimism that he'll play with the broken tip of his finger, which sucks for him. Yeah. I looked this up on uh, on one of our tools. Since 2003, in a 2-2 series, when the home team is a dog, what do you think the trend says? I want to ask you this. So Kings in this spot, it's a 2-2 series, yeah. home dogs. What do you think the numbers are in terms of the performance? Give me like a, a rough estimate of what you think the ATS and straight up percentages ats 2-2 home dog man i bet you it's like a 40 percent ats but yeah 40 50 percent straight up it's a tiny sample it's eight games that's how rare this is yeah it's 25 percent. it's two and six 
Yeah. Teams don't win. Teams don't cover the, the, the favorite team on the road wins and covers in this spot, which like, I would have been like, you know, well, the, the, more- well, the Fox element changes this quite a bit. Don't you think? I think their favorites are Fox. Doesn't this tip of no his way. finger doesn't even there, come up? You no, don't think because so? even if you think that like there's a lot of indications that he'll play, right? So the answer then would be even if they like let's say that this line assumes that he's like, let's say they I don't think it does. Let's assume that they don't think that he's uh, gonna play. Fox is worth probably max two and a half, maybe two three. and a half. Yeah, maybe yeah. Like I think two and a half is probably right. We're still looking at Warriors minus one and a half, right? Warriors minus one and a half on the road. And then if you're saying that this is based off of his injury and him being less, that's probably like a half point at most. Right. We're still talking about Warriors minus three and a half. So like the books are just basically saying, look, before the series, we told you they were better and they were going to win. And we are not shaken by games one and two. And we're not shaken by the fact that the Kings could have taken game game four either. Like we are not there. By the way, the early percentages on this game, uh, 54% of the tickets and 68% of the money on the Warriors. So public and money is coming in on Golden State, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it's, I guess what we're laying out there is that Fox, no Fox, the the people, the slips, the money have more faith in in Golden State. And I mean, yeah, the, the, we laid out on uh, the pot earlier in the week that seven, seven, Golden State getting seven and a half was, kind of crazy or giving seven and a half in that bounce back type of spot was difficult. Now they didn't end up covering that number. Kings get the W there against the spread. Now you go back. We don't know how Fox is going to be. And then the, the, if anything, the atmosphere is going to be just as raucous as it was in game one or two. We know what the warriors have done on the road. Yeah, man. I don't know. This is, I mean, I have no feel on this game and what's going to shake it opened at it opened at minus one. And then yeah, immediately, combined with the Fox news goes to warriors minus four, three and a half, four, depending on where you're at. But it's a really interesting spot because it feels like a coin flip to me. And if I had to back one team, I'm definitely taking the Kings at home in game five, game seven. That's where the, the experience and the, the, the Steph Curry and Steve Kerr combo with, with Dre and Clay, I think, makes more of an impact it's a coin flip for me i'd have to back sacramento here getting points at home against the warriors who we you got to believe who they are on the road and they've shown us that yeah i'm not touching the spread or the money yeah yeah it's a coin flip it's yeah it's a pass i got got one more for you warriors when it's two two in game five as a favorite four and oh under kerr three and one against the spread with an average line of minus 7.2. So they've like, they've been wow. really good in this spot. What's really funny here is I try and, and take a step back from how it's felt game by game. Yeah. They win game, like the Kings win game one and you're like, wow, like the Kings are legit. They win game two and you're like, the Warriors are screwed when it's like, you take a step back and you go, go like they won the first two home games. That's it. Yeah. Right. And they were close. Warriors dominate game three without Draymond. Predictable. Uh, I liked war. I like Kings in game four because I was like, this is the test for them. And I think the Kings are up for it. Yeah. And nope. So you know, barely, barely, but still. Um, what's interesting is the market 
is very much, this is what the market is saying is like, we had it right the entire time. We were right in the beginning to have the Warriors favored. We were right to have the Warriors favored in game one. And the, and also like what I mean by that is like, you have the opening spread. You just mentioned this open minus one and it goes to minus four. What this is saying is the market agrees is that like the, the odds makers were like, Hey, we respect the Kings enough to make a little bit of an adjustment here, you know, and then combined with Fox and the amount of, and the, the push on it. Now it's like, everyone's like, no, 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 the Warriors are winning this. Like the, whatever the money that the bets that are moving the market are indicating that it's golden state. We'll see if the market's right or not. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating game. Should be a lot yeah. of fun, but no place for me on that one. I'm backing off the uh, over on that one as well. So to recap, uh, Sean, Wants the under on Jimmy Butler, 29 and a half, because he is a bold, brave man. <laughs> uh, he is that dude. Uh, we both like the Cavs minus five and a half. God help me. Um, I'm going to take the over in uh, Lakers Grizzlies 222. I am going to stay away from the other two games, and we'll see what happens. By the way, one more note on Heat Bucks. The Bucks are 11-point favorites. No team down 3-1 at home has ever been a double-digit favorite before now. So yeah, again, I I have to beg to differ that no one's been down three one and been plus one twenty five to win the series either. Yeah, essentially that was a big. You know, that was a, I got I got so many texts about that from from betting folks last night. I got questions about that from non betting folks. People were like, "How are the Heat only this to win the, to win the series? They're up three yeah. one." Um, again, much like kind of like the with the Warriors, the the market is just like, bring it on, like. We'll take yeah, your heat money. Exa- exactly right. That's exactly what they're saying. Yeah. Um, if we if we look at the the three series that are three one, this is a popular question. Which of these these ones do you think has the best value to come back? You don't have to bet it, but which one do you think has the best value to come back? Yeah, I mean, it has to be Milwaukee. Uh, I would think if if I had to pick one, Memphis is not built mentally to deal with LeBron and that squad. It, it would have to be Milwaukee purely on. We had the conversation about Philadelphia versus the uh, the Nets, and the Nets just not having enough. It has been it, it's it seems like the Heat should not have enough, and they didn't for forty two minutes of that game last night. And Jimmy Butler is the man, and he turns it in, and and he ends up going to get the W. If I wouldn't be shocked at all, and I think the market is saying that if Milwaukee came back and wins this four three. They, they're going to win at home in game five. I, I have no doubts. The number's minus 11. I'm not saying anything groundbreaking. Um, they can definitely go to Miami and get a W. And then the game seven in Milwaukee seems like a very tall task for Miami. So I would go with the Bucks. If anyone's going to come back down from 3-1, it's Milwaukee. What kind of thing it's the Cavs? <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> really i'm just like at this point i think i just gotta lean into being a knicks hater i just gotta like lean into it at this point because like you know they matt they can't score cleveland like i don't know if they're it's in the garden or whatever it is but they cannot do anything offensively but why like here's like yeah i would get it if if we're talking about a great knicks defense we're not we're talking about a pretty shit knicks defense throughout the regular season and like you put Mitch Robinson in space and it's barbecue chicken. Like the bar is so low here. It's like it hit three more shots and you win this game. 
Like it's so low. That's one of the reasons is because the Cavs have to perform so badly in this series offensively that I'm just like, man, if they like, because if you go like, well, the Knicks are not doing as well offensively as they could, they're a good offense, but the Cavs defense is great. Right. Yeah. Like that makes sense to me. Cause I'm like, I've watched the Cavs defense be great all year. I haven't watched yeah. the Knicks defense be great all year. It's been spotty. And what they did in game two was very, the, the, the on-ball pressure, the defensive level that they brought in game two when they went down 0-1 was sensational and it was it was easy for them offensively too like they got such that was one of the reasons i liked them so much in three and four is i was like it's just easy for them and they just i I will say that a lot of this is like the tactical stuff leans cleveland but the composure does not and that's one of the reasons why don't feel great about five and a half but we'll see how it goes all right we're back tomorrow uh so tomorrow's episode it's going to depend on the outcomes we're recording this on tuesday morning it'll depend on the outcomes of tuesday night's games uh, if there is a game to break down, we'll do best bets for that game. If there are not, we will then transition to probably looking ahead towards uh, the other games, the other series that are going to start. We'll start doing those series previews um, if the outcomes of the Tuesday games lean determine that we have an actual uh, series set. We'll start that tomorrow. Make sure to check that out. Download the Action Network app. My thanks to David Payne, our producer. My thanks to Sean for helping me out with the best bets episode today. Follow him on Twitter at Chicago Flow and the Action Network app. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.